0: What's going on? This is Juan Gray, and welcome to the Words to Success show. Today, I'm speaking with Shane Griffin, who is the CEO of Vitamin Patch Club, a fast-growing company that produces patches that deliver 90% of vitamins through the skin. When I first met Shane in LA, I knew I had to get him on the show. What VPC is doing is innovative, it's disruptive, and I believe it's a big part of the future. He's also a certified nutrition practitioner, a life coach, and a public speaker. This episode is very powerful because he puts everything in perspective so you decide what you want, stop making excuses, and go after today. As you'll see on the show, he talks a lot about wasted time and how we have zero time to waste. This episode is sponsored by Greatness Within, the athletic streetwear brand for the underdog who just won't fucking give in. Go get your gear now at greatnesswithin.ca and use the code W2S for a 15% discount on your entire order. Also, we've been getting a lot of messages for one-on-one consulting, something I did in the past. I might start doing it again. So if you're interested, email my team at info at words2success.com. Let us know, and we'll figure it out from there and hook you up, all right? Let's get to the show. Vamos. Vamos.
1: Learn to eliminate some of the cluster, the noise, learn to be alone, learn to get, get real with yourself. There's so many more opportunities to, to be busy, but being busy doesn't mean you're being effective. There's, there's consequences to inaction, and those consequences are regret. Go try something. If it doesn't work, I promise you that thing you didn't like doing will still be there. You got to get real with who you are and you got to activate who you are on a daily basis. You can't change people, but you can change ideas. Yeah, be authentic, be yourself, be fucking epic.
0: Shane Griffin, welcome to the most badass on the planet, my man. How do you do? I'm good, my friend. How are you? Thanks for having me on. You're doing very well, brother. Man, there's so many things that we can, we can start with when you're doing with uh, VPC, with your company, giving back. Your your story inspiring you know millions of people what you're doing right now I think the first thing that we can talk about is I actually listened to a clip of you talking about you giving advice to someone of being okay with being alone by yourself right? yeah how important that is to be okay to be alone with yourself and I totally connected with that because actually when we when we first met. In, uh, in Los Angeles. It was funny. I was actually in a pivotal time in my life where I was in LA. I was going through a few different things and I was spending a lot of time by myself. As you know, I'm from Canada, just like you. And yeah. It's funny. We're both from Canada, different ages. Maybe I'm a couple of years younger than you. I think you're yeah. a few years younger than me. So. <laughs> 100%. I was over there and I spent a lot of time thinking about Things that were going on in my life personally, as uh, as an actor, things that was ha- happening with my with my career, new business opportunities that was taking. But I also felt like I I was in a point where I was le- I was trying to, I was discovering myself again. But I was also yeah. losing part of myself. So I wanted to make sure that I still stay true to to who I once was and who I wanted to be. And it was interesting because that's when we actually met at a red carpet. In, in Hollywood and uh we started talking on that red carpet, got connected, we felt that energy and said, so, Hey, let's let's uh let's stay connected from there. And one of the things that you were you you, you uh, had said on that clip is when you moved to LA I think five years ago that's when you were like okay I have, have you spent the most time with yourself as well and rediscovering who you were so I think that's super interesting. Can we talk a little more about that?
1: Absolutely well uh to give a little background to that and, wh- and and how I learned to understand what being alone was, was, was not as simple of a process as just moving away. Um, prior to that, as, as we, we, we've we talked about preliminarily, is uh, I'm a recovering addict. Um, I was a nightclub owner and I went to rehab in Malibu. It was actually in rehab where I, where I, I started this process of really understanding who I am, which meant Sitting with your thoughts, and a lot of people misconstrue alone with with uh, with Abe, of course, being single or, or being being um, lonely. Uh, that this is not what we're talking about. What what I was in rehab, what would happen is we would do eight hours of one-on-one therapy uh, all day. And then you you really just don't want to talk anymore, which is very rare for me because I'm, I'm a social guy. But after eight hours of exploring yourself, and if you're cognizant and you want to be there or you want any any way of improving in your own life, so you don't have to be in rehab, we all go through struggles. We all have issues. We all have things that, that are getting us down um, that are hard for us at every age. Every age is a different category of issues right? First houses, ex-wives, girlfriends, children, job, startup. These are all extremely challenging things, especially when it's your first time. In rehab, that was my first time. So I got the opportunity to really meet myself for the first time in an authentic form. And I, maybe it's a little arrogance or a little vanity, but I actually really liked me. I liked the authentic Shane. I liked the Shane that, that was coming out Once the drugs were gone and the alcohol was gone, I was like, this guy's a good guy. This guy is empathetic. This guy is compassionate. This guy gives a shit. This guy wants to impact change. Where has he been? I was, to be truthful, pretty pissed off I took so long to get sober. Um, At that point, I was like, why the hell did you wait? This is so much better. Um, And I'm not, you know, preaching people to go to rehab. That's not my thing. I don't judge, criticize, and, and make choices for others. But what I did learn to do was 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 to be alone with you. Um, and most of what we do, especially, never mind the, the 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 regular things that take away our attention, the the cell phones, the meetings, the you know events with our friends, all of these things, we 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 embody 24 hours in a day. And it's amazing how when you look at somebody's busy calendar, they got something every hour. There's something going on. Like even going to the gym right? People are like, well, you know, I don't go to the gym with anyone. That's not what I mean by alone. I mean, actually spending time with yourself, feeling and talking and having conversations with yourself, managing the crises that's going on at any given time, whatever level of that crisis is. So like the example, when I posted that, uh, that you, that you saw was I was on my way to Ottawa for my cousin's wedding last weekend. And I'm driving down highway seven, which is a trans canada highway but it's a two-lane highway and it drives through all these really pretty small little you know one horse town type things and i have my dog is with me all the time so i pulled off on the side of the road to order uh, a burger I, I stopped at a burger joint type thing like this old it was called woody's hamburgers and it looked like a circa 60s and like i know the mom and dad started it and i'm like whatever let's grab a little quick bite to eat and i sat out in the back and i was eating my burger and i just stopped for a minute and i'm like all right, this is good. There was nothing to take my attention, nothing to divert my attention. My dog was playing in the lawn. I'm sitting on top of a picnic table. I finished my food. And usually you wrap up and you go because got to get to Ottawa, got a big wedding tomorrow. We have all these things we've got to do. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just sit here. Let's just sit here for a minute. There was nobody else outside. Everybody was in the restaurant. It was a little brisk. And I just sat there. You know, another example I can give you of it where, where I worked through some stuff recently. I drove from California back to Toronto to come home for the summer, and I was driving across one of the interstates, and I saw this iron bridge uh, on the border of um, Utah and Colorado. Just as I'm driving, the Colorado River is running between us, and this beautiful mountains to the left and river and desert to the right, and just, it's just, it's picturesque and stunning. Like, you, for me, I just wanted to unplug and just park there. And I saw this bridge, and I'm like, well, i got to get to the hotel. I'm like, no, you don't. Hotel will be there. I got off the highway, and my dog and I sat on that bridge for probably an hour and a half. No phone, no nothing, literally just sitting alone and listening to the sounds of the outdoors and thinking. And my best, my best progress always comes. My best evidence, my best solutions always come when I can get quiet and I can get alone. Take out all the noise. And, and, it's, and it's extremely important uh, because I can give you some science on it. Um, our occipital lobe is what receives all of our, our visual uh, stimuli. In 1950, I th- and these numbers might not be accurate, so fact check, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> um, but it'll give you the ratio at least. In 1950, our occipital lobe was stimulated, let's call it 50,000 times a day. So between signs, magazines, things that that we had to process, not natural things like sunlight, whatever, but but we were stimulated. Today with technology, it's 100 times greater. 100 times greater. So we don't give ourselves a rest. We're on our phone from morning to night. We're racing to get here. We've got, there's so many more social activities. There's things to do. There's so many more opportunities to, to be busy. But being busy doesn't mean you're being effective. And there's a big, big conflict with that. I've got a lot of uh, young guys and girls that work for me. And a lot of the time, I'm like going, guys, I don't need you to look busy. You know what I mean? Like, just that's not, this is kind of like an image that we learned from, I don't know, my generation's 1980s movies. You know, you get the tie on, the briefcase, very important meeting today. And it's like, really though? Is it, or are you just going to discuss some finer points of a contract? Because I don't need to go to lunch and spend two hours with you over lobster tail and all this crap that we see in the movies. I'm like, no, I can probably bang this out in a three-minute phone call. Here's the details. So learn to eliminate some of the cluster, the noise, learn to be alone, learn to get, get real with yourself. Um, that's a big, 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 big part of my life. And it's, being, it's, 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 it's helped me to get tremendously successful. It's just take a break. Like I, you know, I'm at my cottage right now and I could be in the city in a beautiful condo and, but it's just, it's too much distraction for me. I've got a lot of work to do and I want to do it at my pace. And I want to be able to take a break, go down and sit on the dock.
0: So. When you sit on the dock, where do you find your mind goes? Like where does it naturally go? Because of course you're just looking at, you know, the, the beauty of the, the nature and depending where you are, your Your focus goes on on the visual and then it just, but just at some point you go you get into your mind, right? You start thinking about about either uh, either the, the the present where you are you start th- self-reflecting what is what are the 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 thing that Shane starts thinking about and where do you find that you, you say it's it's an, it's where you you make the more progress internally so that you can make progress like over time externally as well. so what what do you? Wow. Things. For me,
1: it's usually what's on top of mind. Um, I find that sitting, for me, uh, I'm, you know, I'm 44. Uh, I got into e-commerce with Vitamin Patch Club. Um, we sell online. We can get into the business stuff in a minute. Um, but I, I was relatively, I was brand new to e-commerce. I was a retail guy before, a nightclub guy before that. And uh, I, have a, I have a very aggressive learning curve. I mean, I do. We, sh- we edit our own videos. We do all of our own gram. We do all of our own Facebook. We do all of our own ad copy. We do all of our own email campaigns, our automations, our, bail- our cart bails, how we connect with our customer, customer services done in-house. So we really have our finger on the pulse of everything. And each one of those things... Requires uh, an aptitude or a skill set to do. I didn't know what I didn't know what Adobe Photoshop was or Premiere Pro two years ago, um, and I had to go learn it. You know, so I have an overload of information, and I do put in long hours. So for me, it's usually what's top of mind uh, that if I'm if I'm in a position where I'm I don't feel creative, or or I'm I'm hesitant to get the work done, or I'm putting something off, I'll walk away. I'll just walk away. And it's not, I'm not talking two, three, four, five hours. It can be 10 minutes, you know, just walk away. And my mind will just kind of escape from that crap. And and it gives me the way I explain to people is it's kind of like a 10,000 foot view. You know, you got to step back and really see what the big picture is and what your long-term goal is. Like, why am I focusing two hours on one email responder? It's never going to be perfect. Right, that's the one thing. It's never going to be perfect. There's always room for improvement. So sometimes we stop ourselves. And I'm sitting there, you know, going, "Well, that should be worded different." I've got a, uh, a guy that I work with, a very good friend of mine, and he's he's one of these guys that wants to get everything right all the time, and that's great. I'm not saying screw up. And I and I and I love him and I love his his attitude. But sometimes I'm like, "Let's just get it live, bro. Let's get it live. We can augment it. We can change it. We're human. Let's be authentic." You know, if the email isn't great, or if the cart bill is not great, or, you know, like our packaging, we did re- brand new packaging this month, we spent a lot of time getting it right, but, you know, eventually got to go to production. So for me, when I, when I walk away from something, it gives me more of an optical view, a 10,000 foot view where I can say, okay, what's, what's really the big picture? What's your real goal? You know, is your goal really this one email or is that just one call in a, in a ton of stuff, get it done get it done. So it allows me just to kind of take a break, take a break and then really get a better, better optics.
0: How do you create that, that big view, you know, from the top, almost like you're, you're a bird looking or an eagle looking over like what you want to, to build. How do you paint that image in your mind and make sure that you always go back to that? Because when you're, you're in the day to day of you know, building a business of doing any project that is, you want to do something big You're gonna have so many daily tasks, or so many things that you have to do, and a lot of people to that. Even even as a CEO of a company or a founder or whatever, you you still are working for all these people at the end of the day. They're working for you, but you're working for them. Oh no, you
1: work for them. You You
0: work. (laughs) You know,
1: that's I think an effective leader does, anyways. Um, Well, there's there's one thing that I found that is an amazing, and this is a really key insight for your for your uh, your listenership, is this was really important to me when we hire people um, we go through a process of interviewing them right we look at their accreditations and we look at what they can do and what they can bring to the table or even better yet let's talk about selling our product to a customer right let's take it let's take a different angle on this I'll give you a fresh perspective here's our product we have it all designed to want to be sold on our campaigns on our Facebook we've got beautiful words. We talk about how it affects you. We give you a whole story about your life and why this will benefit you, right? When we are starting a business, do we paint that same picture? So what I mean by that is your business, treat it as a product. Have you thought about all the details? Have you laid it all out? One of the most effective things that I think you can do is illustrate your ideas. And I'm going to give you an analogy of that. So if I say to you right now, I just told you I'm at, my cottage up, I'm at my cottage up north, right? North of the city of Toronto. I haven't explained anything else to you. So in your mind, it could be a log cabin. It could be a modern LA style home. I might have steps down to my lake. I might be like in the Algonquins or I might be level with my lake. It might be a busy lake. There might be trees. There might be a forest across the road. You don't have a full vision. You just got a cottage up north. So it's extremely important to communicate to A to yourself and your creative whenever you're designing your company. But when you're, when you're working with your team and your people, is you've got to illustrate that out. So you don't need to know how to get there. That's the, the other thing, too. A lot of bosses or CEOs or new startups or young people think that they're expected to have the answers. I'm as clueless as you are on stuff that I don't know. You don't know what you don't know, Right. So you got to take risk and you've got to do risk versus reward, and you've got to take challenges and you've got to step out into the unknown and you've got to you know risk humiliation, embarrassment and failure, and all of those things. But when I bring somebody on to my business, I always give them the full blueprint. I'm like, look, this is what the whole package looks like. I'm not just talking package. I'm not talking selling our product. I'm talking this company, this company is going to be, a 2 billion dollar company this company is going to have a full foundation supported by it inside the office of this business i don't know i don't have this office by the way i'm giving you the vision inside this office we're going to have one big open concept loft new york style 20 foot windows that are iron that are old iron windows that that flex out i love that look and they're going to have the old hardwood it's going to be like an old industrial factory somewhere downtown la with a freight elevator that unloads in there, with a bike rack to the right, a funky reception to the left. We're going to have cool people working there with a neon sign. And then when you walk in, we're going to have our creative section over there. That's where our little studio is. We're going to do our podcast. And that's where we're going to talk about health and wellness. And that's where we're going to interview people. And that's where our content writers are over there. And over here, we're going to have our, our product development. We're going to have our pharmacokinetics team. And then we've got our, our, our uh, compliance the lawyers and the bankers and those people are in this corner, and my off op- my my desk is the small one in the dead center and the nucleus of everything where everybody can, where we can work together and and commingle. And then we're going to have a cafeteria on the side. The cafeteria is going to sell organic fresh food, or it's going to be provided for you. Um, we'll probably have a little pretend rock climbing thing in there somewhere, like. In that business, that's the layout of the floor, but the company is going to be constantly creating new products and new innovative ways to deliver vitamins, and we're going to step out of just vitamin patches, we're going to do CPD patches, we're going to do magnesium potassium strips, we're going to do a bunch of other things, but the most important thing is the company also has its foundation, and the foundation is a donation pathway from our business. Our business is a vehicle to make impact and give back. So there I've now illustrated to you a little bit more of a visual of what my business is. So now I know right away when you come on with me, if you do, that you have a clear insight. I don't know how I'm going to get, I don't know where that office exists. I don't know where we're going to get all the studio equipment. I don't know how we're going to keep building a pharmacokinetics team. I don't know how any of that shit's going to happen yet. But I know what the end run is. So when I lay out my plans or my vision, I'm a big thinker. I think, <laughs> arguably, but I put a lot of thought into it being a representation of of what my core values are. And my values are, we talked about at the very on the top of this, with, with when you mentioned, you know, our giving back and stuff. I had a second chance at life. Um, I was I was an addict. I was using an eight ball a day for 20 years. I mean that's a, that's a heavy amount of cocaine. And I also and I and I functioned. You know, I was able to manage that. And I and I drank a lot too, obviously. I drank a heavy amount. Uh, I got a second chance and I got a, and I and I took that second chance and I'm not going to I'm not going to squander it. That's an important thing and I wanted to be sober and I've worked very hard at it. But when you learn and this comes back to that being alone who you are what you want to represent and what your character is and what really turns you on I've learned for me that my historical data Shane Griffin even before I was sober was always in the business of making everyone around him feel a little bit better about themselves even if it wasn't through good means even it was hey man come back to my place for the after party you're gonna have the best night of your life we had people that came into the clubs that I didn't know it was like their 19th birthday and they were you know we did, We did. you know, 8,000 people in one of my spots. And, like, you would be like, that's his birthday. Bring him up to the VIP. Let's show him a good time. Send over some bottles and whatever. Like, you know, you do things for people. And I realized that even though those might not have been great ways, my goal was to make people around me feel better. So, once I learned that that was what kind of the nucleus of me, I'm like, okay, how can I implement that into my new life? So, obviously, after rehab, I went back to school. Not obviously, but I did go back to school. And I went back to school to become a registered orthomolecular health practitioner, ROHP is the thing, and a certified nutritional practitioner. And originally, that was just going to be something to occupy me for aftercare. And then I started learning about the body, started learning about the digestive tract. And I started learning how our body works. I went, wow, there's some fascinating stuff here. And I started working on to work with addict- people in addiction, recovery, in addiction recovery. But it all comes back to one thing. I had an option. And I speak about this often. If you wake up, you woke up this morning just like me, you had an option to put the shirt that you're wearing on, the chain that you're wearing, the hat that you're wearing, or another outfit. You had the option, I'll bet, to be able to walk to a or walk or drive or Uber to a Starbucks, a McDonald's, a Harvey's, or any other coffee joint near you. You had the option of probably making a bowl of cereal at home, porridge, oatmeal, or going out and getting some over easy bacon and eggs. These are options. Well, let me be real honest with you. You're a lucky one. And anybody watching this, you're a lucky one. If you have any of those options, I'm going to tell you, I work with people that don't have those options. People in life have so much less than the stuff that we take for granted. The fact that I can get up in the morning, either drive my truck, take a cab, or have a friend pick me up, some people don't have that. The fact that I have a place to stay at up north in Canada, And I have a boat in LA that I live on. That's options. So I believe it's fundamental and it's a responsibility for if you have options. So let's just say you've got in your first five hours of the day, 10 to 12 different options of how to exist that day. What's if you sacrifice one of those? What's that cost? Give somebody else an option. So for me, one of the important things about Vitamin Patch, or v, we call it VPC, Vitamin Patch Club, is that I wanted to implement a program that we, we call Philanthropeneurship, where we're building a business based on giving back. So yeah, I am a for-profit company, and I want to do very well, and I want to grow to a very large business. But I know that this is me, merely a vehicle for me to be able to do better in the world. So I have to, this is an example I give to people. I don't care, as I do look at my P&L, my balance sheet, and I'm concerned with it often, but I don't look at that as our progress. How I look at it is if my COO gets mad at me for how much I've donated to charity that month, I know that we're having a bad month. So we give, we give on the 6th, the 12th, and the 18th of the month to three different charities each and every month. And I give whatever I feel, there's no fixed amount. Some charities, $1,000 is gonna change their world, some charities a thousand dollars is nothing like you know it's not even a drop in the bucket so some like a larger charity maybe habitat for humanity i'll go work for the day they need hands more than they need money you know nobody does physical labor anymore so i'll go work for a day i'm doing a soup kitchen up in orillia which is a small town northern ontario um in the next week i'm gonna go work for the day at a soup kitchen right i could donate them last month i did donate a little bit to them actually it's a friend of mine's chairman This month, we're doing cystic fibrosis. I produce an event uh, called the Fusion Oktoberfest this year is the name of the the charity event. So I work from the Friday morning load in of sound lighting and equipment all night uh, until we do the production the next day at 4.30, and that goes to midnight. So it's a 24-hour run. Um, But my point is, never mind all of that, it's not about me doing what I do, is that we all have an option, and we should be able to exercise to give back to that option. And we wanted to build a company that that pipelines that so when i have big picture thoughts it's like what is my core what is my business i want to help people well 90 percent absorption a much better product it's more efficient uh no binders no fillers we're helping people with health that's great i have a product that helps now i can get I, and, and and i'm nothing against by the way to all of your capitalists i'm with you i got nothing against getting rich but do it in moderation it's like anything else Power can corrupt, money can corrupt, greed can corrupt. But if you always keep yourself grounded in some efficiencies of giving back and giving a shit about other people, you'll be much better off by it. And I promise you'll be more successful. So that's kind of a rundown really of of how I get my my global image. My global image comes from how do I create it? Is who am I? what, What do I want to represent? And how can I embody that into a business? So I think it comes with authenticity, character, and core values. In everything you do. I've got wonderful friends that are in the adult, adult industry. One of my closest friends in L.A. is one of the largest manufacturers of adult toys. And some people have a little opinion about that. And I think those people, pardon my language, go fuck themselves. He runs a business. He's one of the most charitable guys I know. He's an ex- he's, I'm, I'm not a religious individual, but he's extremely religious, goes to church. He makes a product. He makes adult toys. And some people have an opinion on this because it's in the adult business i'm like those people are idiots he doesn't care he's extremely comfortable who he is but my point is his character and quality and assurance is that he's like that's a means for me to do great in the world he works in the midnight mission we we serve food to the homeless um we do a ton with lupus la he's one of the board members of the lupus la foundation and and he takes his daughter on tuesday nights and hands out water on skid row you know so Find who you are first, and whatever you're doing, embody that into it. Because this bullshit, fake it till you make it, that's a bullshit, by the way. That's a f- total fraud. You don't fake it till you make it. You're faking it to yourself, and you're just lying to yourself. You got to get real with who you are, and you got to activate who you are on a daily basis. So, that's a lot there. Sorry, but well, no, to <laughs> I totally
0: agree with that, man. You know, you know, there's, there's always, there's always uh, moments in everybody's lives when they, they stumble on, on who they are, like they realize who they are, and they want to make a change. So for you, for you personally, what advice, what advice do you have for people who are at that point that they want to change, they want to start over, they want to take that second chance at life and become that individual that they. Maybe don't believe 100% they can be in the beginning, but just start giving that, that belief. And then what? what's the the advice that you have for for these people to actually you know get there and move forward?
1: I have a really interesting assignment that I give. I, I, I co-active life coach also. So I work with people often. I do it pro bono. I never charge for it. It's my way of always being available to my own flaws. You learn a lot more from people going through stuff and helping them than you'll ever learn from thinking you know anything. Um, because we don't know shit, man. We're, we're, we're ape brains. We're not nearly as smart as we think we are. There's a few very brilliant people in the world, but generally we're all pretty, pretty monkey brain. Um, you know, as Joe Rogan always says, you know, my little fucking ant brain, you know, and, um, but people that want to go through change or that are looking for it, look, it's scary. I'm not going to bullshit you. Okay. Uh, to, to, pivot from what your comfort is, is always going to be scary. For me, my life was chaos. I was using a ton. I was, I was, you know, spending money like a drunken sailor. Uh, My relationships were flawed. I wasn't emotionally available. I was lashing out at people. I was depressed, angry, and drunk and high. Um, But I knew that world of chaos. That chaos was my normal. So to think of life any other way than that, and this can apply to anybody that's out there, you know, if you're in school or you're in a startup or, you know, you're living in your parents' basement or whatever it is that has become your norm, anything outside of that that you have to do to get yourself out of a situation you don't want to be in is going to be scary. But here's a really cool assignment I give to some of my clients, and i don't want anybody that 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 uh, is watching this to overthink it because this is the mistake a lot of people make i was given a gift in treatment one of my therapists said shane do you want kids one day and i said yeah i guess you know i've never been married i'm like sure maybe yeah okay And he goes okay well good because i want you to go out of this session this is what i want people to do Take five minutes. You've got five minutes, not 20 minutes, no Google, no nothing. Write your eulogy from your unborn children's eyes. Mm -hmm. Read it. My process of that, it wasn't about being morbid. It wasn't about thinking about death. It was how would somebody that is a piece of you write about you once you're gone? What would they write? And now the first question is, well, geez, like I haven't done anything yet. Oh, no, 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 it's, it, this is mythical. This is fictional. This is who are you going to be in 50 years? How are you going to be remembered with the next 50, in my case, the next 50 years of my life? In somebody else's case, it might be 60 if they're in their 20s. The next 60, 70 years of your life, you get 60, 70 years to write that eulogy, Right. So write down how you want to be remembered. Take five minutes. Don't overthink it. Do it in a bullet list. You're not actually reading it. You can burn it after. It's not the thing. It's not actually the the effects of doing it. In my process, and I get maybe I was lucky because I've had some people that are challenged with this, they wrote uh, whatever they felt, whatever was important to them. Mine happened to be about character and about giving back and believing that everybody deserved trust and it was up to them to keep it. That I believe that equal rights were as important as any right because it's a human right. I believed that we're all we are all one being, one human being. That this 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 apocalypse that we have of hate right now is ridiculous. That there's one being. We're all human beings, and we need to love each other equally as such. I wrote a bunch of things like that, you know, which were my true values. And I remember going back to my therapist, and I'm like, dude, I, I, I pulled it out. I'm like, you got to read this. This guy's fucking awesome. And he's like, well, that's you. I'm like, well, no, that's not me. That's like a version of fake. uh, He goes, you just wrote how you want to be remembered once you're gone. Go be that guy. It's literally that simple. Go be the person that you know you can be. So you just have to make a simple decision. Is it worth it to me to live in the chaos or the corruption or the way that I am right now? Or, or... Am I willing to risk it to be, to may, maybe, I mean, the worst case, another, another therapist said something really interesting to me while I was in rehab, and I thought this was important, too. He said, hey, man, if you don't like being sober after a year, you know bars will still be there. You know, like, take a year. He's like, you know, like, they're not going anywhere. You're not going to miss out, I promise you. You know what I mean? Like, they'll still be there. They'll happily take your money in a year. So the same thing with what you're doing now. Like, say, I'm, I'm just going to give an example of school. Somebody's in school, they went to school maybe for their parents, or they're just finishing school, or they have no idea what they want to do with their degree, or they don't know what they want to do. School's going to be there. I went back to school at 37 years old. I sucked. I sucked in my 20s at school and high school. I was horrible. I'm dyslexic. I had brain trauma from a car accident that I was in 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 Florida. I ended up dropping out of college. I came home. I worked for my dad for a while. Then I opened up my first nightclub, and that expanded into my 5 and you know we were we were pretty busy and shaken and i went back to school at 37 you know and i and i and i excelled at it at 37 because i was doing one thing i was going for nutrition it was an 18 year 18 month course i did two two degrees and i did my coactive life coaching but it was all about learning about my body i got selfish i'm like okay this all applies to me well this is important this matters to me I've just gotten out of drugs and alcohol and my body's mangled and this could all help me. So I did it selfishly. And now the knowledge that I've learned can be given out. So, you you know, if you're in a position where it's not working for you, what's your fucking risk factor of switching it up? If what's not working for you today, it will not be working for you tomorrow. So, if you try a different angle and a different approach, and you take a little bit of balls and you, or guts or glory or ambition is a better term, go try something. If it doesn't work, I promise you that thing you didn't like doing will still be there. You can always go back to chaos, it exists. So, and, and, and I'm a firm believer. A firm believer that without, well, obviously everyone is, without there's, there's, there's consequences to inaction, and those consequences are regret. And I know that personally because I do a lecture on this too, or I did an Instagram post on it, um, about regret. And I think you need to remember and live and carry that regret like it's a knapsack every day of your life. I hate the term, live with no regrets, man. Bullshit. You're human, you're going to have them, and you shouldn't forget them. Because those are going to be your, your guiding path, your north star of willing not to fuck up again. It's extremely important. Like I look at some of the shit. When I'm starting to get lazy and I'm working here and I've been going like nine hours straight and I'm building content and we're doing our thing, I sometimes will sit there like, ah, and I'm like, wait a minute. Remember that time that you slept for two days? You wasted two days of your life hung over, you dumbass. Get to work. You don't have that time to give anymore. Because I own, I, I regret I don't regret my life choices. I don't regret owning my nightclubs. I don't don't regret using and abusing drugs. What I regret is the time I knew. There was a time at 34 years old or 33 and a half, I knew I was depressed. I knew that it was alcohol and coke induced. I knew that I needed help and I did nothing till 37. I will never get back those years. So for me, I got to make up three years, of lost time in my brain. That's how my brain, because I regret that stupid choice. It's once you know, there's something wrong and you choose to do nothing. You've now wasted every moment from that point on. So the analogy I give to people is if you come home every day and there's a flood in your kitchen and you open the cupboards and there's no, there's no obvious water that's come from the ceiling and there's no sink overflowing, the dishwasher didn't leak and you know, there's no busted water, but you, the water's there. You clean it up and you go to work. You come home and the waters get back, right? And the water's always there. There's this mess. Every time you leave, there's this mess. Well, if you have no idea where that water's coming from, there's not much you can do, but keep cleaning it up. However, if you get up one morning about half an hour early and you go into your room and, or into your kitchen and, and you see the water coming up through the floor, and you see, identify where it's coming from, and under that floor there might be a, a pipe, but you can identify where the leak is coming from. Yeah. Well, it's to, it's, it's in your behest to now fix that leak, or you're going to wake up every day with a water watery floor. So sometimes we don't know what's wrong, and that's okay. And I lived like that for a long time, but there's nothing that I regret more. Then once I saw where the flood was coming from and I knew that it was my use and it was my lifestyle and, and my inactivity and it was my, I don't like to use it as a disease. I don't think that alcohol is a disease, personal belief I have. I know it's governed by the American Medical Association that it is a disease. I think uh, most people don't choose to have a disease. Um, I think that's something, it's an elective decision. Now the, disease, the, the results are disease-like, there's no doubt about that. And uh once you're in the grips of it, it is a sickness. But I don't know if it's a disease. But that's a whole other argument, a whole other debate for a whole other different topic. But I do know that once you identify what your problem is, you gotta fix it because it's not gonna go away. It won't go away on its own. Nothing does. Nothing does. So that 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 really to me was one of the big principles that that I kind of talked to my my clients about and I talked to my friends about and Anybody that that is curious, it's like, look, man, you might not know what's going wrong, but if you take a step back, you know. The other thing, too, that I talk to people about is we're a pretty intelligent species. I mean, we're, we're globally pretty stupid. But as far as knowing what's wrong, we tend to do, we live in denial. We live in a lot of denial. Like, you know if you didn't put 100% into something. Only you know. Not anybody else will know, but you know if you didn't do it. If you didn't do your best, you know, if you cut a corner, you know, if you slept late, you know, if you, if you didn't study or prepare for something. So get honest with yourself. You know, I know where my screw ups are. I'm not proud of them. I work on some of them some of them, they're not significant enough for me to care. I also don't spend a ton of time on shit that doesn't matter. You know, opinions of others our perfect grammar on our instagram stuff like that i don't care i had a lady uh come on to our gram she's like you spelt then wrong and then i'm like that's what you got out of the whole message huh Hmm. i'm so sorry for you i'm so sorry for you out of the whole long full like i tap out on my personal social media I, I'm now doing more videos because I've been asked to because nobody wants to read anymore. But I used to do really long messages that I would run out of characters. I didn't even know Instagram had a limit until I started typing my long thoughts. I'm like, wow, you know, wow, I'm typing too much. But I'm like, that's what you got out of it then and then? Really?
0: God, I'm sorry for you. It's crazy. Some people, that's what they get out of it, out of everything that they can get out of something like that there's yeah, you know, what's what wrong here. with that what can what can i just step into to start poking because that's wrong
1: <laughs> yeah we like i mean there's got to be some way where i guess the next generation can can overcome this 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 need to a be always right or always point out the glaring mistakes of others yeah. um trust me i know when i'm a screw up i don't need anybody to tell me you know it's very seldom that i don't know in my gut when i did something wrong
0: yeah. So where do you think that next generation is going? Because we had talked about this, you know, you, you and I personally before. But where do you where do you think the next generation of of people? I, being... I think
1: a couple things have to happen. I think there's been some amazing, and this is from an old dude, so bear with me, folks. Um, but I'm extremely optimistic. Look, I work with more people that are half my age than I do that are near my age. Uh, I do that by choice. There's a lot of people that I know that are brilliant, brilliant people that are mentors to me that I would love to have on my team. But I find that when you get to my age, um, most people have a specific set of amount of responsibilities that don't allow them or make them feel they're not allowed to dictate new risk. And I get that. I've got friends that are married, kids, kids are going to college, all of that stuff. And they they might not be as free to take risk because they can't move back into their parents' house. So I'm optimistic with the younger generation, one, because I think you guys are brilliant. Um, I think what you've done with optimizing time, with utilizing social media, with being able to gather movement and momentum on issues that matter is, is if nothing else, inspirational. Um, I think that is a wonderful thing. What I'm afraid of is this cancel culture and jumping to conclusions and not being informed. Um, there's an interesting comment that somebody made on a, on a podcast I was listening that literally made me think. Uh, a guy was sitting with his girlfriend. His girlfriend's ten years younger than him, fifteen years younger than him. They were watching. Um, I don't the, the TV show The Office, and there was a reference in the Office. I think it was Bill Burr. I'm not sure it was, but there's a reference in the Office that that was about indiana jones the movie which is from 85 or 86 and she had no idea not granted it's a movie maybe didn't know but she had no idea the reference and he's like you like the show but you don't get the reference and he he said he noticed something that was very interesting and i understand it there's so much stimuli right now with new current stuff everything's new 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 instagram new facebook new thing we used to not have that right like you we had literally Dude, I didn't have, we didn't have cable when I grew up. I mean, look, I'm 44. It wasn't that long ago. I mean, and somebody that hasn't lived it, you know, I didn't have a cell phone whenever I was, Never mind the smartphones we have. Um, God, I sound like that old guy. We walked uphill to school both ways. Um, but uh, there's there's a thing where we haven't, like I, I when I was in my the late teens, I knew a lot about the 60s and 70s. Because there wasn't as much things for me to grasp onto, so we were a little bit more diversely informed, I think. Um, and I think right now with 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 the younger younger generation is it's always new content. and I think because there's so many people that are blogging and there's so many people that are writing, and there's so many people that are new journalists and 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 captive and thought leaders, but we really have to audit our sources. A lot more especially in the world that we live in now because there's there's a lot of um misappropriated information and that scares me to a great degree because i've seen it happen to people that i know that i like that are in the public eye that have done things that are let's just say uh thoughtless insensitive not well thought out um but certainly not evil certainly not terrible and if you take that one little piece of their life it can wreck everything else so i i'm i i worked with the united nations he for she campaign before me too was a thing i worked with black lives matter i'm 100 percent in support of action mobility and making change in the world for a positive world but i also think we need to define terms a little bit more um i'll use an example of recent and i don't want to get political on anything Um, but just recently our prime minister in Canada had the the scandal come out with the the blackface, And I was talking to my U.S. friends about it. We have a very different um, acceptance in Canada uh, as far as immigration, as far as minorities. There's still racism, don't get me wrong. We are not nearly a perfect society, but it's very different than where I live in the U.S. And there is a visceral... Uh, trust issue and and dislike where I live because of historical trauma we don't have that vein yeah Uh, I am not saying that I'm not defending what he did um I think it was foolish I think it was uh unprofessional I think that it was thoughtless but when we start labeling people as the racist because of a stupid decision when the whether I don't agree with any I'm, I'm not Whether I agree with his politics or not is irrelevant. His body of work, even if I don't agree with his policies, has not been racially motivated. There's no other evidence to this person being a bad human being. Maybe not a great prime minister, maybe a great prime minister, depending on what side of that fence you're on. But there's been no other evidence to that. He made a stupid fucking choice, and it was thoughtless, and it was hurtful, and it's offensive. But it does not label you a racist. So I get worried that we, we're losing definitions of terms a little bit. And that scares me because that's a very slippery slope as we go forward because none of us are even close to perfect. And God, I didn't have a cell phone whenever I was using. I'm, I can tell you, and I've said this to my mom on occasions and you no, know, not to her joy. I said, I've been terribly rude to people in my life terribly rude whenever i was at my club i treated some people like dirt because i was in the power and i was an addict and i can use all the excuses i was a jerk i said and did things that were not great it's just not caught on audio anywhere you know so there's no clear evidence of it um i own it and i've changed everything in my life to to circumvent that and and to make reparations and make apologies and and not because of a 12-step program because it's the right thing to do I called an ex-girlfriend of mine that I hadn't spoken to in 20 years because something triggered to me um, when I was weeding with a client in LA who had had some trauma in her life onset from a male uh, that arbitrarily had said something that, that caused some deep trauma with her. And he wasn't mean to her and he wasn't effectively rude to her, but what, he, what his actions, she navigated to a problem with her which corresponded to a larger trauma down the road. So I was that that this is why I love working with people. Is I, I I started doing some some alone time as I say, I'm like, geez, is there anybody that you, you could have impacted like that? Like, let's go through your list of stuff, you know, let's unpack this, Shane. And I went down. There was a girl that 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 I dated when I was probably 24, 25, um, so 20 years ago, give or take. And I I did not handle the breakup with any elegance whatsoever. It was disgusting. Um, it was it was. it's embarrassing to me to admit, but I'm honest and authentic, so I'll tell you. I, I basically stopped returning phone calls. And there was another girl that I had pursued previous to this girl that I was dating, and she became available, and um, she had expressed an interest in me, and I had liked her for a year before, but she had been seeing somebody, and when she became available and expressed an interest, I just, as a weak human and a shitty man... And an immature boy, I just stopped calling the other girl. And I and I, and I I did it in such a way that it was so disrespectful. Because this woman was, was and she still is a brilliant human being and a kind person. And uh, I I didn't, I, I, well, yeah, no, let's not give myself any breaks. I don't even think, I think I flaunted the new girl when she came to one of my clubs one time. I was like, oh, we're done. I've got her now type thing. Like, it was just so pathetic. And it's wrong. And I'm not going to use hide behind anything else than a very immature, ungrown, adolescent uh, that has no that had no self worth and confidence to be able to have a real conversation with another human being. I could have easily this woman was brilliant and she is a brilliant woman. I could have easily said, look, uh, you know, I, I, there's a girl that I liked a year ago. I liked her for a long time. We're very new in our relationship. I've got a history with this girl. I think I would like to pursue that. That's all I had to do. I did. I acted like a fucking jerk. So in my brain, I'm thinking back, that's probably one of the worst things that I can remember doing that that was not catalyst in my whole world. It was one week of not returning college. She came by the club to wonder why, and I, and I threw another girl in her face. Fucking dick move. Now, I don't know if at the time, until I spoke with her recently, I didn't know at the time, if my impact had changed any of her trajectory, if she even loved me, we were so young in, in, you know, in our relationship. But God forbid that maybe that gate made her think a certain way about herself. Maybe she did like me a lot and she felt a certain way when she left that bar that I, you know, that, that I had done some damage to her psyche and her development. So I felt the need as I got older, and it came up a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, fly just flew to my ear. Um, so I, I, I reached out to her, and 20 years later, I would called her, and I was like, hey, how are you? And she goes, wow, what can I do for you, type thing. I'm like, I owe you an apology, but 20 years too late. I said I was a real jerk. I was intimidated. She's a brilliant woman. She intimidated me, to be the truth. I've done more work on it. Um, and and the thing is, is that I knew my life was a fraud. Nobody else knew it was a fraud. And I thought, she, I think subconsciously, she was smart enough to that she would have seen through the fraud. So in my mind, I was, I was getting rid of her because she would bring my house of cards down. And I was also a weak, immature, low self-confidence, low self-worth guy that, that, that uh, you know did something that I think is thoughtless. So it goes back to that, like we've all made mistakes. Um, but to the young generation, I think it's just, you know, really, here's an important thing. Here, here's something I think is really important is get out of your own echo chamber and listen to everyone. You may not agree with somebody else's opinion. This is important, especially in today's political climate, especially where I live in the U.S. You might not agree with what other people think. You might think you might detest it, in fact, but you better hear it because if they're thinking it, they're not the only one. And if you don't understand their thought process, you'll never navigate a way to to either not change it, but maybe influence it or find a way where you can meet. You can't change people, but you can change ideas, right? And you can be a positive emotion of growth. Just pointing the finger going, you're an asshole is never going to get you anywhere. It's never going to get you anywhere. Um, I think we need to really listen more to people. And we have to accept that what I believe is just what I believe. It's just a product of my life experiences, a a ton of them you know i'm 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 who i am because of what i've done you are who you are because of what you've done those moments where you've sat with yourself one and and you're by yourself and you're getting off a plane in la and you don't know a soul out there and maybe you're doing an audition or you're meeting for a production team and you really like you really want the big thing but you're like you're not sure what you're doing and you're scared It's a learning moment for you. You got through it. I don't know if that's happened to you. I'm just saying we've all got those moments where we've like got to rally within, right? Those create who we are. And I think it's important we have a lot of those in our life, a lot of moments where we got to rally for ourselves to develop who we are, who we're going to be, and how we're going to be it, you know? Um, But no, I think I'm really optimistic for the young, the next generation. I think that there's a lot of brilliant minds out there, but I think that we need to stop with our echo chambers and stop with labeling i mean there's there the trust me there's enough real dirtbags in the world that deserve a label um i think we need to listen more i think it's important to start listening more hearing each other because yeah. i got friends i'd be a democrat if i lived in the us i suppose um like if well i do live in the us but if i could vote in the us um i suppose i'd be a democrat uh i've got three or four very good friends, middle of Texas guys that are staunch Republicans. We don't agree on a damn thing when it comes to politics. We have some of the best conversations because even coming from Canada, we're so diversely different, anyways. My fundamental cores are different than the Democratic core. You know, like we're even more extreme in, in some sense. Like we don't understand you. What do you want to do? And I'm like, man, it's 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 who we are. You know, like in Canada, we're a very wee nation. I actually believe that. Healthcare, I don't mind paying taxes. If my mother's been sick, my aunt's been sick, family's being sick, and nobody went bankrupt. Fuck. It's a good thing. You know, I haven't been sick, <laughs> knock on wood. But I will be when I'm old, you know? So, um, so yeah, I think uh, I think that there's an amazing opportunity out there for, for the next generation to 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 communicate, but I think we need to listen. I really think we need to listen. <laughs>
0: Awesome, man. So we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping up soon, but I just want to get a grasp of, you know, with with what you're doing right now. Where do you see Shane over the next 10 years? Of uh, where, where is Shane in 10 years? I'm curious.
1: 10 years is a long time, man. I'm gonna worry about this year. <laughs> um, I do know what my goals are. Uh, I want to continue growing our brand, growing Vitamin Patch Club. Again, just for people that don't know what we are, um, is a an alternative to oral pills. Uh, One of the issues with oral medications, oral pills, is that we lose what's called bioavailability Mm -hmm. just by our digestive tract. We eliminate that loss of bioavailability because we don't have to go through the GI tract. So we have a time-release patch that it migrates in your blood um, over four four to eight hours, depending on your activity level. So you get all the nutrients your body needs all day. Think of it like leaving your phone plugged in and keeping a constant charge rather than giving it a boost and then having it die quickly, which is what pills do um we also are launching two new products uh, a strength and a restore which is strength is an iron patch restores a zinc we have a wellness patch which is our vitamin d and energized patch which is a b12 and a biotin patch which is our beauty patch Um, all the details are on the website the most important thing about our business in my opinion is that because we're a patch we don't have to make our pills look pretty our patch the backing layer is what's pretty so that doesn't go in your skin. So only the nutrients go in your skin. So there's never any fillers, additives, or binders. Um, and if you want clean, pure nutrients, pure vitamins, we're the option. So continue building that brand. Um, I th- think we can do a lot of good in the world. My goal, and it's been written about several times, is to, is to be able to support a million dollars a month to various charities and organizations. That's, that's been the, the, uh, the lightning rod of the business. Um, So we want to expand our line to about 25 SKU over the next two, three years. Uh, We're, like I said, launching two new right now. So we're we're a little bit behind, um, but we are getting it done. Uh, As far as myself personally, I think that I need to finish my book. Um, That's a big, big hit list for me is to get my book done. And then um, there's opportunities from that to be able to turn it into a script. And I've already got interest in my life story. So I think that I'd like to become more of a a public figure uh, as far as motivation, as far as, um, you know, how you can impact change in the world. Um, I don't think that I would ever classify myself as a thought leader. I think those are reserved for very specific and unique individuals, but I think I can be one cog in many people's wheel to help them get through um, lifestyle trauma and world trauma and things that are going on. and then, uh, yeah, the, the goal of VPC really is that it gets to a position where somebody can, uh, can operate the day-to-day, the, the business end of it, which I hate doing, which I do now, but I don't love it, uh, and that I can man, manage the foundation side of it. My goal is, like I said, the million a month. You give me a million a month and three charities that I can activate, and I'm going to go all over the world and make an impact. So that's, that's where I stand right now. Um, you know, I, wanna, I always want to be a, a source of inspiration and help. And, uh, you know, just live my truth and be honest with who I am and then just be authentic. This is me. You know, I created my product. I created my business based on who I am, what my needs are, what I think is important, and uh, and how I can pursue that with people. So last word of advice to everybody is be yourself. Be authentic. You know, none of us are perfect. We're not even close. <laughs> this idea the gram is screwed up that everybody thinks that everybody's got a good life. Uh, we've all got a tough life. Be authentic, man. You're what you're, what makes you epic. So be fucking epic. You know, I've had people talk to me say, wow, you're really vulgar. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So I express myself. Sorry. You're fucking
0: you, know, you know, Those would be your, your worst success.
1: Yeah. Be authentic. Be yourself. Be fucking epic.
0: You know, um,
1: uh, yeah, I think so. I think, I think authenticity is, is, is a rare commodity. Yeah. An important commodity. Uh, and, and to do that, you got to find out who you are that takes a little bit of work, you know, yeah. you got to really, really listen to who you are and want to be better and you know, life's life is, is so long yet so short, man, so many missed opportunities and, and, uh, so many great opportunities that that you have yet to take so just enjoy the ride man we're all going to get to a certain age at one point it's important that we just kind of live and be kind to each other and listen more and you know be thoughtful be thoughtful we need more thoughtful people we need more people that are have 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 an outlook that is going to improve in some capacity other people's place and position in this world. And there's a lot of not that's what I am ambitious about your generation. You guys have that empathy. You guys have a ton of it. I think it's going to be
0: interesting to watch. I hope
1: I don't get hit by a bus anytime soon.
0: All right. Well, Shane, you're an inspiration, brother. I appreciate you, respect you, and thanks for uh thanks for sharing everything you shared. Happy to have you on, brother. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Have a great day, all right? Absolutely. Cheers, guys. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Shane Griffin. If you want to learn more about Shane, you can find him on Instagram at Shane Griffin LA and his company, too, at Vitamin Patch Club. You can find all his other links. They're going to be at wordstosuccess.com under episodes, and all his links are going to be there. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed. Keep pushing. Keep moving forward. Keep being you and keep becoming the greatest version of yourself every single day. I'll see you on the next episode. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Today's your day, baby. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.